Hi, I'm Dwayne Sola. And I'm Joyce. And you're listening to The Confidant. A podcast where we discuss the news you need to know at the intersection of business, technology, and culture. On today's episode, we're going to get into Americans' credit card debt hitting a new record, flight prices falling, Beyonce and Taylor Swift fans boosting Uber demand and the economy, and teachers going medieval? But before we get into all of that, Joyce, how are you? How are you doing? I am doing good, fresh off the heels of my birthday, but I had a lot of fun celebrating. Thank you for coming, Joyce, to my brunch. We ate real good. It was a good time. And the French toast at that place? chef's kiss i don't know what they were putting in that but it was good it was real good and i have been recovering ever since i've been in bed if i'm not at work um i think i'm in my homebody era but i don't know if that's just age or just me needing to um recharge before i come back outside for the last days of summer yeah we are in the final stretch of summer i can't believe we're in august already we have to make it count because i feel like before we know it it's going to be like cold as the new yorkers say brick (laughs) (laughs) so doyen how have you been doing i have been good honestly yeah i've been on the same wave as you just recuperating there's been a lot going on really have been outside. And you know, that heat makes you a little tired. So I feel like this was a weekend of catching up on sleep, watching some TV and relaxing. A little R&R, if you will, a little rest and relaxation. Doyen, it might be time for us to get out of the house because the price of flights are going down. Meet me in the trap, it's going down. (laughs) The cost to fly in the US is dropping. The Bureau of Labor Statistics just put out a new report saying that it is now 10% lower than pre-pandemic prices. This is a breakthrough. June kicked off the summer travel season officially and air travel demand saw about 12% increase from the same time last year. And airports in the U.S. had their busiest month since July 2019 with over 2.5 million passengers. So why do you think this is happening? Why are prices falling? From my reporting, what I've seen is that most people in the United States are opting for international vacations this summer. So last year or the year before that, we were kind of stuck with having to travel domestically within the U.S. because of pandemic testing requirements. Do you remember when if you traveled abroad and wanted to come back, you had to get a test done within 48 hours of your flight? Mm-hmm. I remember I did that in the Dominican Republic, and it was tough finding a clinic that would be able to do it in that specific time frame, considering that my group was not the only group out there. Exactly. So you were brave enough to still do that vacation, but there were a lot of people that was like, I'm going to go to Michigan. <laughs> I'm going to go to Arizona. But now that a majority of those testing requirements have been lifted, people are saying, I am going to Europe. Some people are headed to Asia. The shift in demand has resulted in lower prices here in the U.S. That sounds perfect for me because I'm thinking of a Euro spring. I also heard that there were some issues with jet fuel shortages earlier this year, and a lot of airlines are saying that's what led to 
higher operating costs that they in result pass down to everyday people like you and me on flights. Yeah, you're right. There were higher fuel costs, higher labor costs. But now that travel is normalizing again, in other words, people are going to different destinations as opposed to being stuck within one region or one country, it's normalizing prices, at least for now. Right, because experts are saying that the prices could remain low through September, but they are expected to climb back up in time for the holiday season. And you know how that goes when you're going home trying to see your mama, your grandmama, and you try to book last minute during Christmas, good luck. I've been hearing advice to buy your holiday travel now, but <laughs> I'm gonna wait until two weeks before. Come on now. ASAP, ASAP, ASAP. <laughs> Let's talk about the power of the Beehive and the Swifties, okay? It has been reported that the Beehive and Swifties are contributing to the economy and now they're putting a bit more money in the pockets of companies like Uber. Uber CEO said on X, formerly known as Twitter. He said on what? On X, I guess, sure. <laughs> that both sets of fans have helped the rideshare company this summer by boosting demand. The fans are not playing about their dollars. When people know that their favorite artist is going on tour, they're stacking up their savings. They're over here Klarnaing all their outfits. Not you turning Klarna into a verb. Klarnaing, Klarnaing, afterpaying. Afterpay works because it ends with a Y more, but you gotta you gotta get creative. And Klarna low-key, they're a little bit more effective in my eyes. We're not gonna talk about that though. <laughs> Think about it. You decide that you're going to a Beyonce or a Taylor Swift concert. Cool, you purchase your tickets, however much money you decide to spend on those. Then you say, gotta get my hair done, gotta get my nails done, gotta get my outfit. Oh, I'm gonna DIY my outfit. Let me hit up Michael's, let me hit up Joanne's, let me buy a backup dress in case my DIY project doesn't work out. Yeah, we're gonna go eat beforehand. Should we do drinks, party bus? And then let's Uber home. I absolutely love the fact that a lot of this reporting around people boosting the economy has been centered around one, small businesses, because we always got to show them love, and two, women. Women make up the vast majority of these fan bases, and people have been just so creative when it comes to how they show up to these concerts, and so it's just really cool to see how much fun everybody is having after the last few years when this was a dream. Like, this is both Beyonce and Taylor Swift's first tours since the pandemic. And all people had to hold on to were their albums and their music videos. Beyonce, we're still looking at you for those visuals, girl. We didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you get to go out in the world and experience the biggest stars in the game in person, like, of course, you're going to sit here and figure out all the arrangements of looking your best and how you're gonna get to and from. Let's get into some of the numbers. The survey company Question Pro estimates that Taylor Swift's concert could generate some $4.6 billion in economic activity in North America alone. For Beyonce, it's $4.5 billion. Remember when Sweden said that Beyonce's tour was helping to fuel inflation there? Yes, I remember. And I was like, obviously, the queen always going to have an effect on the economy. 
but the girls are spending. And there was a New York Times article about this where they spoke to some everyday people attending these concerts. And some of them said, you know, I'm going to have to file Beyonce as a dependent at this point because I'm spending so much money on her. Another one said that she has a credit card specifically for her Beyonce expenditures. That is a level of fandom that I don't even think I want to be a part of. If I'm taking out bills in your name, say my name, say my name. (laughs) (laughs) There's a TikTok sound that I love. It was never that serious. It it was never going to be you. I don't care how good your song is to take out a credit card so I can spend to attend your concert for what? Right. Because it's only a temporary experience. And so (laughs) that money, like when you're looking at that payment later on in the year, I hope it was worth it. I hope you got the club renaissance seats. It better have been the time of your life. To take out a credit card, I need you to be able to see Beyonce's toe in person. I need you to be that close. I need to be able to have a cameo on stage dancing right next to Blue Ivy. Talk about some, my power. (laughs) (laughs) My power, right? And then Beyonce be like, go Blue, go Joyce. That (laughs) is the only time where you need to be taking out a credit card. Given the amount of spending that people are doing, I wonder if anyone is going into debt over a concert. Well, on that note, credit card debt is at an all-time high in this country, in the U.S. of A. For the first time ever, Americans have surpassed $1 trillion in credit card debt, and that's from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York's newest data. Overall household debt in the U.S. is more than $17 trillion for the second quarter of 2023, and that's up by $2.9 trillion since the end of 2019, before the pandemic. So people have just been accumulating debt at this historic rate. What are we going to do? When they said the price of going outside was too much, here's the evidence. I wonder if you know, the desire for unique experiences and travel is partially what's driving up credit card debt. Because I don't really hear about that many people purchasing new homes or buying new cars. So we can talk about people spending so much for Beyonce and Taylor Swift concerts and traveling the world this summer. But how much of that is just being put on a credit card? And that's a good point, because increases like this are happening at a time when interest rates are at a 22-year high. Chai! I- <laughs> 22? 20 watts? It's not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> high interest affects the rates on things like your mortgage, your credit card, and everything like that. So it makes paying off the debt more expensive. It's a big strain on the everyday person's way of life, for sure. Bankrate says the average credit card charges a near 20.53% interest rate. Mm. Girl. That's a steep one. And, ah, man, we need another stimulus. (laughs) I don't know. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe. We need it, Joe. I mean, granted, there's so much talk about what the government can do. Is this a personal issue per individual type of thing, or is it reflective of the total landscape of the economy? Because 
if this is the response where people are feeling the need to be able to borrow more money essentially to spend and afford the things that they want to spend on, like how does something like this come down? I'm no economist, but this is a very alarming new record. It's not the type of milestone that people generally celebrate. There's a lot of discussion about the Fed lifting interest rates to be able to curb spending, but it doesn't really seem like it's working if credit card debt just hit a new record. Anything can happen. Maybe Biden will say, we're going to wipe out credit card debt. Girl, (laughs) (laughs) he tried with those student loans. That's the thing. It's like there are things in motion to, you know, give us a little bit of relief, but I just know that the banks are really singing and dancing. I can't even say all the way to the bank because they are the bank. Remember when ChatGPT came out and it was like a frenzy and people were like, oh my gosh, like there were lawyers using it to write briefs that ended up being incorrect and students were like, this is going to be so helpful. Help me write papers, et cetera, et cetera. Well, some teachers say they're going medieval and they're going all the way back to oral exams to help curb the cheating that's happening as a result of students using ChatGPT. Insider wrote an article about college professors going back to paper and handwritten exams and essays. Girl, I did not know where you were going with going medieval. I thought they were about to be pulling out the rulers on these kids. I'm not surprised that teachers are taking initiative to go the more traditional route when it comes to teaching kids because technology has just made it so easy to cheat these days. And ChatGBT coming out was literally like a pot of gold for students. Imagine if you know you're struggling in your exam, you're oh my god, is it B or is it C? And then all you have to do is type in the question on your phone under the table real quick. And then you get the answer in less than five seconds. You can get through a whole exam in that. And even if you don't answer every question, at least get a passing grade. A lot of schools are teaching students to pass tests and not necessarily teaching them to learn and really take in the info. So this is just an easy way for kids to get around that. Right. Like, that's such a good point that you bring up, because I was thinking about the fact that so much of learning is like learning to pass a test, memorizing to pass a test. It's not really about retaining a lot of information and knowledge. But some of the information that you do end up retaining, I feel like having a tool like ChatGPT is going to completely eliminate that. Like you don't even have to study now. Like I don't have to pull an all-nighter. I can just show up and say, ChatGPT. Who was the third president of the United States? And it would give me my answer. So usage of the software actually dropped 10% from May to June. And some people believe it's because students were on summer break. Hi, Key. I'm all for it. I watch all these TikToks about kids over here with post-it notes under their monitors. Have you ever had to take a test online and you have to lift up your computer and show the proctor your room? like every corner of the room to make sure that you don't have any papers on the side that you could be looking at while you're doing your exam. Wait, when did you experience that? I've never experienced that before. That's a thing. That is a real thing. The only thing that I experienced with like surveillance and tech during tests is there was a software that would watch your eye movement 
and you couldn't like try to open another tab and that's how they tried to control whether or not you were cheating i think it just got to a point where teachers are like i'm not even gonna bother with all that whip out your pencils blow the dust off them notebooks and let's get to work get them scantrons <laughs> that number two pencil sharpen it oh, make sure you have your black ink don't come in here with no pink ink them little cute pens are not gonna cut it I do like the idea of having people do oral exams too, because it is a it is a practice also in public speaking that I feel like a lot of kids just lack. And I'm saying kids, but I'm talking about people all the way from elementary school all the way up to college level. People have been skirting the value of getting an education for such a long time with the technology that can make it difficult for professors to do their jobs and to help people to retain info, they had to take some measures. They had to do something, Lord. <laughs> well, I feel like the question remains, what is the future of AI and softwares like ChatGPT in education? Because I feel like right now it might be split down the middle where people are saying it's a tool, we can use it. And other people are saying it's a hindrance. We should avoid it at all costs. And in some countries, it's banned. Now I think it's time for a little something sweet. Joyan, what you looking forward to this week? I'm so excited. I have been packing and shopping and getting myself ready for a vacation in Londres. My cousin's getting married and I'm going to London. Oh, what did you say it in a different language? I said it in Espanol, sabes que eh, hablo un poquito de Espanol, sabe? Entonces, Londres. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> you know, I knew we were international, girl. I didn't know we had the whole United Nations on this podcast. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I like to be an international babe. An international babe, okay? International fire. <laughs> Joyce, do you have a lot of African friends? Because <laughs> who be teaching you this stuff? <laughs> My TikTok thinks I'm an uh, evil woman, so <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Got it. I, I Now I know everything I need to know. Got it. Got it. So what is the plan for London? I know the wedding is happening, of course, but are you going sightseeing? Are you going to go to any, you know, bars or concerts? Yeah, you know, I'm actually working on my itinerary and trying to plan everything out. I'm really trying to hit the places that I didn't get to see the first time I went. So I'll probably be skipping Buckingham Palace and Big Ben, since those are things that I saw the first time I was there. And I really want to, you know, start to explore neighborhoods. So I plan to spend at least a day in Kensington, probably a day in Soho. It'll be fun. I love that. It's like you get to be a next level traveler. Like, oh, I've already seen those things. I, I, I want to do a deep dive. Exactly. You get it. You get it. I get it. I get it. So, Joyce, what about you? I think you're also going on vacation. Girl, I'm a domestic mommy over here, but I'm so excited because I'm going home to Miami. Welcome to Miami. 
I cannot wait to spend the summer properly, okay? Like a real, a real woman should. Because I need sun next to the ocean, sure. not piles of trash like I have been doing in New York City. I love New York summers, but there's nothing like just sitting by the beach with the sand in your toes and you're sipping on a nice little cocktail, eating a pub sub, the chicken tender sub with some buffalo sauce. I miss Florida so much and I wanna see my family and friends. There's a lot of August birthdays in my circle. And also I'm going to see the queen. Beyonce is going to perform at the Hard Rock Stadium and I will be there live in effect, singing my heart out, losing my voice. And of course, hitting all the moves. Come on. And one and two, three, four, five, six, seven, and boom, cat, cat. Look around, everybody on mute. And I'm gonna be that one person in the back. Ah, no. <laughs> but I'm really excited. I don't even have my outfit together, y'all. I'm so bad. I have a skirt and a blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm sure you're gonna be able to pull it all together. And uh, that just sounds so nice. It's one thing to be able to go to like a beach city, but it's another thing to be from a beach city. You know what I mean? As an adjacent New Yorker, what do we have? The Hudson? <laughs> the Hudson? You know what I mean? Like Atlantic City. I, but I'm from North Jersey. Girl, you know, I don't know the geography of that place. We'll work on it. That sounds like just like a fun filled vacation. You're going to have a good time. Yes, we'll swap um, vacation pictures. I can't wait to see what you wear out in London, killing the girls. You know how I do. <laughs> Hopefully you catch the bouquet. Now, let me tell you something. When that bouquet goes flying, I'm going to excuse myself to the left. I thought you were going to do a Michael Jordan in um, Space Jam and just... No. <laughs> I will not be tackling nobody. I will not be jumping for the rebound. I will excuse myself. I will step to the side. And and this is the person who says they want to find their future husband but not go catch the bouquet. Girl, that's like a, a guaranteed in. Is it? <laughs> Legend has it. <laughs> it's like, I found the love of my life, but I also caught a black eye, so. <laughs> right. It's a little too much. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Confidant. If you liked what you heard, don't be afraid to leave a little rating, a little five stars, a little comment. And I know you had fun with us because we sure had fun with you. Oh, that was sweet. I know, you gotta make them feel good. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye.